Hey. Hey, so how did that uh, hair curl trick work? Oh, it was awful. It didn't <laughs> It didn't pan out? It did virtually nothing <laughs> for me. So I think it just, uh, you know, I don't have the hair for it at the moment. So we'll just add that to the list of failed TikTok experiments. Yes, yes. It's nice Actually, to I'll write that down. It's nice to get out there and try things though. Mhm. Hey, speak I mean, I've seen a bunch of people succeed with that technique, but I was not a success. So you win some, you lose some. That's the way she goes. Yeah. Hey guys, uh this is Colin and uh, I'm talking with my friend Jenna and uh yeah, we're starting something brand new today. It's is uh, outside of our comfort zone, at least for me. Jenna's already got her very own podcast that's called Sanctuary. You should check it out. Uh, a lot of great content out there. Um, what we want to do is uh, we wanted to start a podcast. So we said, fuck, we're going to start a podcast. And uh, we don't know what it's called. We don't have any intro music yet. But if you're with us for long enough, you might just see that one day. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're going to grow together and we're going to grow this podcast and you're going to come right along with us. And we're very excited. Uh, we're very humble and we're hoping that, you know, day by day, podcast by podcast, we can become better people. And we hope that you can take little tidbits with you uh, with each episode to encourage you to try and do better things. I know personally for me and Jen, I think this is something that you'll feel similar about, but doing this and putting yourself out there and speaking your intentions out loud to the world allows me to be more accountable to the things I want to change in my life. For sure. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all about getting those good ideas out there, seeing what sticks, what works and what doesn't. I know I'm big on experimenting with my diet and my fitness and I'm working to see what other aspects of my life I can work on. And we're going to have great conversations that are going to take us down that road. And in 5, 10, 15 years, we're going to see what phenomenal people we are and all of our tens of <laughs> listeners will have learned from along the way so thank you absolutely yeah happy to be here thank you yeah this is good stuff so yes. what do you thank you for that introduction that was like that was primo <laughs> uh, yeah i guess we should introduce ourselves uh so my name is jenna and i as Colin mentioned, have a podcast. I'm a newbie at podcasting. I have, uh, you know, a whopping five episodes <laughs> on my sanctuary podcast. But hey, you got to start somewhere. Um, I own a business. I do flower arrangements for weddings. Been doing that for four years now, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun time, and. What else do I do? I'm a mom. I have a little uh, a little guy. He's 20 months now. I think 21 months, actually. I should know that. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, as Colin mentioned, we're going to be just chatting about life and things that are working for us, things that aren't working for us, and uh, it's a journey along the way. Um, so, Colin, tell me about yourself. Yeah, uh, Jenna's a little humble in her approach. Oh, she thanks. she doesn't do flower arrangements, okay? She changes the room. She brings it oh. to life. Much more than flowers. There's infrastructure. There's 
equipment. I've seen motorcycles. Uh, she can turn anything into a beautiful and harmonious look for for your wedding. Um, no, you're so kind. But a bit about me. Actually, you've attended you've attended a wedding that I've done actually. Yes, I have, and uh, it was probably yeah. the only thing in that wedding that worked. To be honest. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, it, it happens though. For for the couple, yeah. yeah. It was as far as vendors go, you knocked it out of the park. Um, oh well. So my... at least one thing went right. <laughs> and that's yeah. anyway. We we talk about that more later. My name's Colin. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, in the military. Actually, um, I quite enjoy being in, in the military from the people perspective. I really enjoy getting to know people, helping people do what they need to do to get their jobs done. That's basically my role anyway uh and this podcast is really just an extension of that i love getting to know people helping them achieve what they want to achieve and in the in the process learning more about myself and and doing those same things i'm also a father uh i have two children my son is three years old i'm not doing the months numbers and (laughs) and my daughter's a, a year and a half old so they're currently upstairs sleeping and my beat laboratory Hopefully. yes my my beat laboratory is not soundproof so in our, our test runs you could hear them stomping around upstairs um mm-hmm. i don't own a business I thought it, it yeah no go ahead oh i just feel like it added a level of authenticity to your life and how this podcast just is part of that I, and i think uh that's true and and uh I felt the same way about listening to the first episode of Sanctuary, which oh, yeah. was just pure honesty. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't own a business. Uh, I am an aspiring business person. I enjoy all things about being an entrepreneur. And I think this yeah. is my first real delve into that territory. And uh, I'm really grateful to you, Jennifer, allowing me to go with you. Uh, you've okay. got a lot of experience and a lot of savvy in this realm and i'm just gonna take all that with me and hopefully turn it around into eventually my own podcast and my own business so yeah all right and i feel like you're already you're on the way to that already just i mean not only with this but you've approached people who are business owners to kind of you know give some feedback back and forth you're getting something from them they're getting something from you um yeah i feel like this is what it's about just the little steps that we take getting there that's nothing sorry that's something i didn't appreciate fully until recently you uh this other guy i know uh he's slowly becoming a good friend of mine dave sadie uh he's the mm-hmm. owner of nectar athletics and yes, uh, yeah. uh both of you are living embodiments of that idea that you just have to go and do it i'm a perpetual thinker i like to mm-hmm consume as much information as I can before I, I, you know, step off the, the straight and narrow and try it out for myself. So this is really for me, my first ever concrete actions towards achieving those goals. So it's a big deal for me. I, I mean, so far so good. (laughs) So there you go. Um, I wanted to ask you something, sorry, just in, uh, in line with you know, you being in the military and stuff, I had this thought, like, what led you to go to RMC in the first place? Because I like, that's when your military 
career started essentially right that's like correct. you decided at a really young age that you were going to do this uh yeah i have uh, mixed emotions about that now i've i've served for over 12 years now and yeah. that includes my rmc time so that that is something that a lot of people don't count for but it's pensionable and and it, it you know those were years that i spent doing army things not having a regular sort of school life um okay so rmc for me was realistically uh i say twofold it was financial and it was sort of the path i was going on anyway is it you know i grew up in a military house i've only ever lived on military bases and mm. we were fortunate only two big moves so we got lucky that way and i couldn't afford school mom and dad had no savings and i would have gone into massive student debt in order to go to a university um, my degrees in psychology so thankfully i didn't go that way because i would have okay. just heaped on that debt just to try to get a career out of it uh I, yes i believe in the psychology world you have to have at least a master's and that's only good enough in quebec elsewhere you need a phd in order to practice anything in psychology or you're in the academic world right. which i quickly learned was not my strong suit okay i'm not great at writing papers uh I do enjoy, I, you can call it the human experience. I like people. I like yeah. learning about how people function. I like learning about how we operate in groups and, and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, uh, so. Human behavior. Yeah. Basically. I, and I always yeah. thought if I didn't get into sports psychology, I would do some sort of social psychology uh, kind of thing. And there's a, a right. quite a few mentors out there for me. Like uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Gad Sad, who's an evolutionary biologist. Yes. Uh, he's uh, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast a number of times, and everything he says is just so uh, straight up and and honest, and it really goes to show how complicated we are as people. Um, yes, the layers that we we have. So that's how I ended up going uh, the military route. It was I wanted to go to university. It, yeah. I, all my friends were doing it. That's the <laughs> everyone else was doing it. Might as well. I had, I had really. Yeah. I was a very carefree individual in high school, and I just uh, thankfully uh, went to RMC because now I've got a, a career, um, and it's it's something that it it costs a lot to do this job as an okay. individual. Uh, it's not like personally yes there's there's a part like you're sacrificing a lot is that what you mean or yeah can you repeat the question again because there was something that you said in, <laughs> in the question and it reminded me of a drawback and i, I can't oh. remember what the drawback was uh my initial question was what led you to choose this path essentially to go to rmc okay i thought i had something to do with with talking to people oh anyway well, we're we're gonna edit that one out, but uh, <laughs> I uh, it, it costs a lot personally. Like I, I spend a lot of time away from uh, family and friends through since going to RMC. Uh, you know, I've never had this. Is, sounds a little immature. I've never enjoyed a complete summer. Um, right. You know, we do all of our training in the summer. We do a lot of our big exercises yeah. uh, away from where we live in the summer and you're expected to you know drop everything and go do your work and i'm very okay with that you, d yeah. you don't do and you were thrown into it 
yeah, like young enough that it was kind of like, okay, this is how things are. I guess. And that's where, okay, you just reminded me. So oh, okay. when, when you joined the military at such a young age, I was, like I said, very carefree. I'm glad to be where I am. Yeah. But to make that decision, I was 17 years old when I decided to join the military and I signed a 13 year yeah. contract. Ooh. And that's a pretty big deal. Like I didn't care about it then. I was like, I'm going to RMC. I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to be an army officer and it's going to be awesome. And, and it truly has been a, a wonderful experience. I've learned so much and I've gained some of the best mentors in my life directly from the unit that I work for now. So, and that's right. not even including the people that I've been exposed to along the way. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of great, great people, but it's a lot to ask yeah. for a 17 year old. And I, I don't think a lot right. of 17 year olds really appreciate what they're getting themselves into. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's, I won't say it's unfair. It's just something that if it was discussed along the recruiting process, I conveniently <laughs> forgot about it. Um, yeah. Because they do pay us well and they, they compensate us well. We get a lot of time off and we have a lot of a lot of flexibility. You know, yes. something happens, you know, kids sick at school or wife, you know, f what broke her ankle or something like that. Uh, you know, okay, mm -hmm. go home, sort yourself out and let me know how things go. Like we are very um, person oriented that way. We're very concerned about not just the soldier or the officer, but the people supporting them and enabling them to come do their jobs. So yeah, there's like a family. What do they call that? Like a good family, um, like a com community almost, or yeah, I, there's a term for it. But yeah, they're good at supporting people and their family and their lifestyles. And they recognize that you know we can't do this. I can't do this without Cassie and the kids enabling me to do this. If mm -hmm. every time I had to go to the field or go away on exercise or deployment and she got upset, I mean, I can't go and focus on my job now. Now I'm distracted. I'm trying to do two things at once and that, yeah. that gets dangerous. So they, they work on really making sure that we can do all of that stuff and that our family supported along the way. So yeah, long mm -hmm. story short, uh, finances, free education and mm -hmm. uh, just really not interested in thinking for my future so i just signed the okay. dotted line <laughs> and enjoyed the ride ever since yeah i love that you say free education because i it, like if a prospective student was listening they're like for free wow i want to do that but like you're working hard to earn that right it's not and, and you have to i would assume maintain like a certain average or something like that to there's a there's a balance. So, you know, uh, RMC, they, they require you to be sufficient in or proficient in four categories. So you have to be physically okay. fit. Um, you have to be academically fit. You have to be linguistically fit and you have to be militarily fit. So what that works out into is you get a, an annual physical fitness test and, and you have to pass that. Um, you have to obviously pass your grades. You're expected yeah. to graduate speaking French and English, which I was fortunate enough to be able to do and cool. you have to there's a, a number of military type studies and academics that we achieve throughout our stay at rmc and that all adds up and what it means is if you are proficient in those four categories you get to write rmc as a post nominal after your name um, so it's like you know mp or uh, or you're right. a broker of record or something like that for a real estate agent. Yeah. 
so RMC is a is a recognized post nominal. Um, I know very few people who take advantage of that. And I was gonna say I've never heard of it, so I don't know. But <laughs> it's it's often looked down on for you to do that because it seems you know there's those RMC stereotypes like you're a ring knocker and you got your head up your mm. ass kind of thing. And there's a lot of people like that. But I would yeah. I would challenge you to find organizations anywhere in the world that don't have those individuals. Anyway, sure. um, so I don't know a lot of people that write RMC, but it, it it's interesting too because it's an investment by the government and the taxpayers yeah. to send you to school. So yeah. it was free education and you do receive, um, uh, I don't know if it's a salary or if it's a training allowance, whatever they call it. It worked out after taxes to be like $600 a month for me while I was in Ooh. school, which is enough for a, a, a university student because that's $600 I didn't have the month before and I'm not paying out of pocket yet. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, your books are, you just go and sign for your books and you return them when you're done. And what's really cool though, is you, you get second chances on every course you take. Oh, really? So if you're taking. They're like, we want you to pass though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not like another institution where if you fail a course, they get more of your money. If we fail a course and we don't pass, we don't graduate Well, we've just lost everyone else's money. Mm-hmm. So they give you an opportunity to uh, take what are called the supplemental exams. And it's not easy because they are like a week after. So you've got to finish the rest of your exams that are already scheduled and find time to study up on what you've what you've lacked in the first exam. Uh, so it's yeah. quite stressful to have to take supplemental exams. But it is beneficial. And I mean, maybe some people will find that critical and that's okay. Um, people don't have to like that approach and, and maybe it's, uh, some people might view it as soft, but I think when you're spending other people's money, you need to be very Mm -hmm. careful of, you know, I was, I was taking, um, Howard Schultz's masterclass on entrepreneurship and, and he's the CEO or co-founder or what have you of Starbucks. And, uh, one of the, uh, lessons he was teaching was about accepting, um, I'm not sure if I'm using the correct terminology, but fiduciary responsibility. So when you get investors, you're no longer able to do the things that you want all the time. So if I started Mm -hmm. a company and I wanted to do X, Y, and Z, but you've invested in my company, now I have to take your considerations very seriously. Otherwise, you're going to pull a pin and you're going to go and take your money somewhere else. So I think that's a great way of looking at those supplementary exams is that you know, other people might have opinions about, you know, everyone else in all the other schools, they don't get that second chance. Why should you? Well, mm-hmm. they're paying for their education. So they're responsible. So they're responsible. Other their own. Yeah. And, and I mean, you could say the same thing, but it's not that student or that future officer that's going to suffer if they don't pass. It's all of the money that was invested into that person up into that time when you could, mm-hmm. you know, as a psychology major, I took six math classes in university three different kinds of calculus you said math and i was like that's i don't i don't want to do that like as a (laughs) psychology major i can't figure out why i need to find the area under a curve but i had to learn how to do it yeah and so those are other reasons too you know other people in other universities take the classes that are required for their program at rmc you take the classes and and you know engineering and science students they have to take english and some basic psychology so we all have to dabble in each other's fields Mm -hmm. and the idea is that you'll be a 
sort of a better learner, a better, a well-rounded individual. And there's a lot of reasons yeah. why that came to pass and we don't have to get into that now, but um, it's, it's a unique environment. And yeah. I'm one of those guys where uh, there was a lot of things I didn't like and a lot of things I would have changed, but I wouldn't go back and change anything now. They're, those experiences are what shaped me right. to who I am yeah. now. And you're able to, to learn and grow from it and, yeah, like you said, made you the well-rounded individual you are today. Well, sorry, that was their attempt. I'm not quite sure they succeeded. <laughs> We're still working on it, yeah. I guess. And that's probably another um, part of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess I never really asked, and now I know. So thanks. You're quite welcome. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I got nothing right now. So I can uh, take the uh, the conch for a moment. Um, I've been on a deep dive on Netflix and Prime Video for anything I can find related to nutrition. Okay. So I w- food food anything food anything Cooking? food. No, no. Sorry, I should be more specific. Documentaries related to food science. So gotcha. I watched okay. uh, the Game Changers on Netflix. Now, a fellow I work with, he's uh, six foot four. He also went to RMC. Really nice guy. Six foot four. Uh, he's like a white Terry Crews. He's just a a, a jacked, <laughs> okay. jacked guy. And he watched Game Changers. And uh, and I remember this months ago, well before all this pandemic stuff started, and we were yeah. having a lunch, and he was eating a salad, and he made some kind of mention of it. And anyway, I I rightfully and truly judged him for um trying to eat more plant-based foods because i like everyone else thought that you know protein was the be-all end-all macronutrient for being Mm -hmm. fit now i watched game changers and for about four days i was planning to become a vegetarian that's huge for you i yeah like that's 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 like i can't believe i'm hearing you say this out loud like most times when i'm eating a meal if i'm at someone else's house and there's a salad on the table i will eat that salad because they made it for me and i'm not going to be rude i wasn't raised that way um at home and often especially this pandemic i'm working from home and cassie is working a lot of evening shifts so i end up um, cooking for us when or just before Mm -hmm. she gets home and oftentimes it's, uh, you know, what what do we want for a veg? And I just give her okay. a, a blank look like, you know what, I don't really care. Because uh... she's very good at building, like, well-rounded meals. Yes, and we've been doing yeah. uh, Chef's Plate. Maybe we'll get a sponsor yes. out of this. Uh, chef's Plate. <laughs> chef's Plate's great. If you're looking for fast, easy meals, I recommend <laughs> Chef's Plate. Uh <laughs> And uh, honestly, like today for supper, we had a Moroccan chickpea and halloumi bowl. And it was... Oh, that sounds so good. It was completely vegetarian. Salty. Well, yeah, vegetarian because it, it, it had cheese but no no meat. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it was delicious. So Nice. So anyway, Game Changers, it really got me thinking about... Uh, and I, I ebb and flow into my interest. So I, I go in these deep dives on things and then I totally forget about it. But I've got a lot of books by a, a guy named... Michael Pollan, The Omnivore's Dilemma, In Defense of Food, Food Rules, 
um, all these kind of things. Is he um, like a a nutritionist or just somebody who I believe is into all this? Yes, I believe he's a journalist, oh, and okay. he just went, you know, he went real deep into this stuff, and uh, you know, his in defense of food book really encapsulates what I think is what people need to take away from eating. And it's okay. His tagline for the book is eat food, mostly plants, not too much. Okay. And I think it speaks to, you know, issues that I have where I don't eat a lot of, pardon me. I don't eat a lot of plant food. I eat a lot of meats and I eat a lot of carbs. Yeah. And, uh, and I certainly don't control my portions. So I, that's that's such a tough one though because like if you're hungry your eyes are always bigger than your stomach like you're just gonna load up your plate and then fill up your stomach and then be like what you know go on about your day but and that's why i think things like what you and jordan are doing with the intermittent fasting it really helps because if you set yourself up some rules and say i can only eat between this this hour and this hour it means that even if your first meal is a huge one and then you don't eat for the rest of that window, well, that's fine because you can't eat anymore anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you'll either learn from that and adjust or you'll realize yeah. I could probably make my window a bit smaller. Yeah. Um, but circling back to you were saying, so you watched this documentary and uh, this author. Oh, sorry. So. The tagline, yeah. Uh, the Game Changers was great because it was it was very anecdotal. There wasn't they didn't show a lot of um, they did some some quasi sort of scientific experiments to demonstrate you know what saturated fats do to your blood plasma for example or or okay. how eating saturated fats affects a man's nighttime cycle, which includes regular like sleep cycle and frequent erections while they're sleeping. Nice. So they had these three football players from a university put on this crazy two-ringed apparatus to measure uh, <laughs> measure happenings in the evening. So uh, late-night calls. But anyway. Um, I feel like that would just be what an experience, like for the people doing the experiment and for the people so, and the way, who are the subjects of the experiment. And I think it really spoke to them too because what this device did was measure – um, the girth and the frequency of a that's like that's some deep shit. And so when they they did their experiment the first night they ate their regular diet and they got that data back, and the second okay. night they ate a plant based diet, and they got that data back, and both numbers were significantly larger. Their the girth sizes went up. Um, I don't know six to eight percent. But the frequency went up like some one guy went up four hundred percent, something like that. So you're saying so this is on the plant based diet? Well, it that's why it's anecdotal because it wasn't a controlled study. Okay. It was one night. It was one guy. It was an okay. it was a sample an n of three. So it's okay. not something you can walk away from. But it is eye opening. It does show you how these. It makes you wonder. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's what's like, valuable. Is this... Yeah. So I watched Game Changers. I thought about it. And then I found this other one. So I really liked the Game Changers because they talked about all these athletes uh, who are plant-based athletes and how successful they were. And and then I found this older one called What the Health, which I thought yes. was just 
like pure propaganda. I thought it was poorly constructed and it just vilified saturated fats. Um, and then I found fat fiction, which was on prime video. And mm -hmm. that's for anyone who's interested in learning more about keto or paleo or anything that's low carb and high fat. And it speaks yes. to the benefits of those diets. And now I'm following it up with paleo diet, but all do you think that um <coughs> the one you just mentioned on prime fat fiction uh fat fiction do you think they're doing kind of the same thing as what the health but in a different lens like they're looking at different or is it just giving information and then you do what you want with it so i thought <clears throat> i think no i think of the three that i've mentioned um, the Game Changers for me was the most compelling. Okay. It, and that's why I, I was saying I was considering vegetarian for about four days. What the health um, made me feel, I guess, maybe attacked as a okay. meat eater. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like... Like you're doing this wrong. I'm a, wrong, I'm a bad person for eating the way I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But fat fiction was very... It was, it was in the middle, but I've tried keto before and I've tried low-carb or Tim Ferriss's yeah. slow carb diet. And I found them yeah, very I was successful. Say the slow carb. Yeah. And fat fiction was really, it really invigorated that for me. But what I appreciated the most about fat fiction was it spoke to something that neither the game changers nor what the health mentioned um, was, you know, the game changers and what the health talk about only saturated fats and eating a plant based diet. But what mm -hmm. Fat Fiction discussed was why saturated fats look bad. It's because, and what neither of them, the others talked about was the amount of sugar that we eat. So, okay. So if you, yes. I believe that if you get down to the science of it all, it's the amount of refined sugars that we consume on a regular basis. They confuse uh, our insulin production. And when you combine a high fat diet with high sugars your body isn't able to channel those macronutrients to where they belong so when you have an insulin spike insulin is designed to put glucose into your muscles mm -hmm. and if anyone out there is listening and i get this wrong please let us know and we will correct it on the yeah. very next episode yeah insulin you no but i'm i'm fairly certain that that's correct yeah, yeah. so you, you eat carbs or anything that's got sugar in it insulin puts can takes those conversions in your bloodstream puts it into the muscles which is your muscles mm -hmm. energy and when you eat high fat high fat prevents the insulin from doing that the other yeah. thing and this is what i found the most interesting to me was that you know sugar or meat uh or you know vegetables they're not the problem the problem is inflammation Yes. So when we, yeah, it, and that's they they used in fat fiction they use inflammation to describe why cholesterol always sounds bad, but it's not cholesterol clogging your arteries; it's inflammation clogging your arteries. And what the cholesterol does is it tries to go and repair that inflammation, but it can't. So then it gets mm -hmm. it gets attached to that inflammation, but can't do anything about it. So like a buildup kind of occurs exactly because of it. Yeah. So if you um no sorry uh, along that line. Uh, the, I don't want to say the only reason, but like a big reason that I know anything about this is because I had gestational diabetes. Okay. Um, and I feel like 
maybe I've repeated myself a thousand times, um, but sugar is the issue with diabetes, obviously. It's like your insulin. Um, so to control that, you have your uh, blood monitor and you're just like making sure that you're not getting spikes and so when you do eat a high fat diet you're not getting those same high sugar spikes not to say you should do that in combination with sugars um but like it levels out the insulin response distribution yeah exactly so anyways i I'll say I was successful because I was able to like manage everything with diet, which was like the ideal scenario. Um, which so if anybody's got questions about gestational diabetes, I'm a pro. Um, but a lot of the like, because I obviously still wanted cake. I was gonna sugar. say like the, like I'm pregnant. you're pregnant. That's gotta yeah. suck so much. Yeah. So I was like, can't drink, can't eat cake. But um, yeah, I just found a bunch of keto recipes and when i was doing like we'll call it the gestational diabetes course that they send you on to make sure you know how to manage this properly um the girl was like specifically saying you don't have to become keto and i was like no you don't have to become keto and i was like but keto recipes do help a hell of a lot when you have a sugar craving so i was making like carrot cake with stevia and almond flour like all kinds of stuff yeah um just to like get a little you know a little sweet tooth tooth hit yeah yeah for sure exactly i think that was the sorry that was a difficult thing for me when i was doing keto was trying to come up with or find those recipes to satisfy that now i don't care Mm -hmm. as much i don't really i my food requirements are are much simpler now so as long as i'm full i i mostly eat now when i'm bored which is a terrible thing yes um, yes. <laughs> so, and I think I can relate. I think the big takeaway from these documentaries is first of all, go out there and educate yourself on. Yeah. Because what I learned too is that not a lot of doctors that you would go and see about your nutritional concerns have any nutritional training or background at all. At all. It's a small, small, small chapter in like the grand scheme of what they're doing and I don't know if if that's the case for doctors but I know specifically like I've asked um Jordan's brother Evan and his mom both RNs I was like what kind of nutrition courses did you take in school and they said it was like one day or a couple of days worth of training and I was like that's to me that's crazy like you're learning about people's health and like the (coughs) integral part of our health is what we eat i think and 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 they talk about it's not talked about yeah they talk about solving these problems with food they they a a lot of so there's this dr noakes in south africa who is he was uh on trial for malpractice medical malpractice he was going to lose his license for um sort of espousing the benefits of a low carb diet he ended up not being found guilty which is fantastic But the, you know, and I don't want to go into the whole follow the money thing, 
but you know mm. the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association, the Heart and Lung Society, like all these people are being given money by organizations that stand to have their products sold. Mm -hmm. So all this to say, do some education, figure out what you think is right. And then that was what I was getting at with the Michael Pollan thing was eat food, not too much, or correct, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. So have a bit of self-control. Understand yeah. why you're eating. Why are you yeah. putting this food in your body? I mean, we all have to do it. And so like, you know, for those, you know, car fanatics out there, those motorheads, you don't put anything less than premium fuel in your babies. Mm. Why are you putting anything less than premium fuel inside you? And it's yeah. a it's a tough sell because a lot of people just don't care. And that's fine. And I get my days where I'm lazy. These last three weeks, I have given zero F's about yeah. what I'm putting in my body because I know 100%. I'm going to go down this road and and commit to. You've got a plan. In yeah, motion. I've got a plan in motion, yeah. and, and I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm beyond the point now where I used to have to convince myself why I'm doing it or tr try to find tasty treats. I just don't care anymore. It's mm -hmm. not something that's as important to me. But yeah, I recommend people. You have a different. Uh, you have a different mentality about it going into it. Mm -hmm. And I think now. if you eat a lot of plants and you know regular amounts of meat. And yeah. really limited carbs, you're going to be just fine. And you're going to be very healthy, mm -hmm. I think. And anyway, I'll tell you all about it at the end, you know, in two or three months. I'll let you guys know how my non-refined foods diet is going. Yeah. So. Well, that's, I mean, so I'll, I'll speak to, you know, the latest information I've been getting is from Dr. Drew on his uh, podcast. And he has... Uh, Christina P on often and Christina Pistachio <laughs> yes yes that's the one what's her name how do you say it Pajitsky I'm not even sure Pajitsky and that is Pajitsky. Mrs. Tom Segura correct yeah nice yes she okay is. sorry um so she I don't want to say she co-hosts but they Dr. Drew has a podcast and she's often there with him um and they were answering a question and he just was like basic answer eat low carb eat lots of vegetables a healthy amount of protein and he's like if you need a snack every so often like go for it don't deprive yourself because that could be worse uh but he's like everything in moderation like now did you it it just made it sound so simple and i was like yeah that does make a lot of sense but some people just struggle so hard and i know i have in the past too it's just like you get on this we'll say roller coaster of terrible eating and you're like whatever i'm already here we'll just keep going you know what i mean and it's not like you're completely at fault either like the industry does a lot to make it look like you need the things that they're selling and the way Fair. the way their grocery stores are laid out, and and you, I watch this. Okay, I'll call it phenomenal. I loved it. It's called yes. it's called Fathead on YouTube. Okay. And this is the only one, the only documentary I've seen where he goes after sugar, and he goes oh, after refined carbs. Fathead. And uh, it's an older one, and it's it's very um, I won't say amateurish in in production. The guy did a good job, but it it just looks old, and. Um, and the industry exists to get you to think you need the things that they're selling. So you say it's a struggle, and it really is because we 
first of all, lack self-discipline. Mm-hmm. We don't want to put that much effort into what we're eating. It's the it's the most important thing we do every day is sustain ourselves. And it's yeah. the thing that we give the least amount of time to. You you work and you come home or you're... The average person, yeah. yeah. But sure. even like I know, and you and I have shared similar shoes these last few months, um, mm-hmm. dealing with the kids and dealing with your own personal interests or work or what have you. And you're like, oh, frig, I forgot to pull out some meat for supper. And, uh, yeah. Whatever. Or you just have those days where you're like, you know what, we're having fucking pizza. Yeah. And, and then... Or you're running around to eight different places and food preparation doesn't fit into the schedule we'll say yeah and so you're just looking for something quick and easy and a lot of the quick and easy options are not good ones no but that being said that's why your chef's plate i think is genius Uh, i really think they're quick to make right and honestly like the produce and there's a lot of options out there there's fresh box there's hello fresh there's or yeah good and fresh or whatever good food good food yeah. that's it yeah yeah and uh yeah they the ingredients have come um they don't look terrible they yeah. look healthy and we, we i've eaten more vegetables as a result of having someone bring me the things that i need instead I of encouraging you. me to go out and get it myself because do you think that's affected your palate because you're being exposed to different flavors that you may might not have had before yes there is um a few greek based recipes and there's this uh a, a dip or a spread called reta i believe it's called okay and it's it's okay. essentially tzatziki i think um yes. and it's 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 grated cucumber and yogurt and a bit of some other things i can't remember but we've had those on burgers before and with Ooh. potatoes it's just delicious um, yeah. But those are those examples where, you know, you know, there's a lot of sugar and yogurt and starchy foods like potatoes aren't the greatest for you. But the meals come portioned. Yeah. So when I cook potatoes at home and we're going to roast potatoes in the oven, I easily prepare twice as much potato as we need for that dish. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just inexcusable. <laughs> How could I you? I know. Um. No, but I think I don't I'm not a chef, so I don't know portions. You know what I mean? If you're not doing the the we'll say like the research portion of making food, then you're not gonna know. You're just making to hey, this is how much I think I wanna eat, so that's how much I'm gonna make. Right? Whereas if you actually like take the time and look into it, you're like, Oh, one portion of potato might be like half of this enormous potato and i always do it backwards i prepare the potatoes like i wash them and and then or i peel them and then wash them if if i'm going to peel them and then i chop them up and i get them in a bowl and i'm like this is this is way too much yeah grab the biggest bowl fill it up this is an obscene (laughs) amount of potatoes it's gonna take forever to cook yeah so you, you talked about your gestational diabetes what was that like to prepare for because i imagine you had a lot of stuff in the house that you were no longer wanting to eat anymore so i could not eat it anymore um so i guess i'll preface by saying when like throughout my pregnancy before this because i found out it would have been around 25 weeks 26 weeks something like that and then the next course 
that they could send me on was at 28 weeks. Okay. So I was like, you know, past the halfway mark, like kind of almost into third trimester. Um, so I had spent <laughs> almost six months eating whatever the <laughs> hell I wanted to eat. Um, like going out for ice cream. We lived walking distance from a Dairy Queen. So we were there at least once a week. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I Dairy Queen, get advantage. your dilly bar. Yeah. And I, I took full advantage. I was like, I'm, I'm exercising. Like I am staying healthy. Uh, I was going to the gym regularly, but I was like, I'm treating myself because I don't normally do this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I was like <laughs> faced with this realization that like, oh, you can't just do whatever you want, actually. Um, not to say it was my fault because, you know, I'll, they say it's a hormone thing. For sure. Like you don't have any control. And insulin's a um, hormone too, so it makes sense. Yeah. So they're like, it's nothing you can change or whatever. But I was like, I'm sure that weekly, almost daily ice cream didn't help. Um, but yeah. So how did that affect my pregnancy? So that changed, I guess, my mindset. I went from kind of thinking oh it's whatever to being obsessed like I became mildly obsessed with make sure I got like a certain number on my blood Mm -hmm. sugar level reader um I can't remember what that's called there's like a technical term blood glucose meter yes thank you my blood glucose meter um yeah because I had to chart everything down in this little booklet so one day it was breakfast lunch and one day it was breakfast supper so i was measuring my blood sugar twice a day minimum they're like you can do it more than that but you only have to put it on your little chart book twice uh a day and i was portion sizing everything i made sure that you know if i was allowed my 11 wheat thin crackers and I was packing exactly 11 wheat thin crackers for lunch because I wasn't going to miss out on that um but yeah it totally changed and then you know at the time where I worked my manager would buy us Starbucks in the morning and she would buy us lunch in the afternoon and so it kind of like it changed her whole ordering process with me because she was like I don't know what to order for you anymore and so I gave her like a list of well, safe drinks and Starbucks is great mm-hmm. because they actually have a lot of sugar free beverages um, so I was like not limited in that sense and because um, oh no poor me can't have my Starbucks in the morning but <laughs> it was like it was her thing she she would buy them for us which is nice Um, goes a long way yeah oh my god yeah like it was such a treat like even though i was used to it and like part of me expected it every time i saw my drink coming in in the morning i was just like oh my god i feel so special (laughs) um sounds ridiculous but whatever um and then yeah for lunches she would she'd be like oh what can you have what can't you have and uh, for my, we'll say my last meal before I went on mat leave, she wanted to get Indian food because that was like my big craving my whole pregnancy. And uh, I just substituted the rice that came with everything for cauliflower. Okay. 
so I shredded up cauliflower and brought it with me and I was like I can eat everything nice um and that day I'm not even sure if I could have but that day it just so happened that it was lunchtime that I took my blood sugar so I kind of didn't feel so bad about yeah you my my dinner yeah I was like I don't know if there's sugar in the sauce but I'm taking a chance today and it was like my only it was like my only uh we'll say cheat Mm -hmm. if it even was uh because my birthday had passed through that and like I didn't have (laughs) cake oh that's depressing we went out to dinner with my in-laws and they said come on you can have a slice of cake nope I didn't eat cake I was so good that's tough too like I mean there are so many things that you deal with during pregnancy and added pressure is not something you need and I couldn't imagine, yeah. I felt bad because you've spent, you, you you guys have spent a lot of time here while you were mm-hmm. pregnant. And I just watched you take your blood. And I'm like, she's already uncomfortable AF. And now she's got to stab <laughs> herself twice a day. Yeah, This is garbage. Like, what a world. Yeah, minimum. Mm-hmm. It was, <laughs> it was funny. I guess it's one of those things that I had to do. So I just did it. Mm. Uh, but to look back on it now, I kind of laugh, even though in the moment I was kind of like, this is shitty. Like, I'm not going to lie. Carrying that stupid little wallet around with your strips and your stupid meter and yeah, and looking at all the food everyone's eating and going. So was there anything that you took that that. So I imagine if it was me in that situation and I found out I was allowed to go back to normal eating, I would have gorged myself. Yeah. Is that something you did? I feel like I did, yeah. For sure. Is there anything yeah, that, that lasted from that? Did you take any good habits away from that? Or or is it just informed your current choices? Yeah, I feel like I actually know how to, I don't want to say monitor my blood sugar because that's not something I'm like still ch- checking in on. But I know, we'll say, like how to properly calculate what kind of sugars are going into my body so in the past i might have thought like oh a potato and a sweet potato and uh i don't know another cauliflower are all the same but cauliflower is a safe choice whereas potatoes are not no bueno yeah so that was just one example but um i guess it gave me the right information yeah and it's so yeah. funny too, like we don't arm ourselves with the information we need to make these decisions. Yeah. We, and honestly, like I look at the food I feed my kids and they're a safe food for them right now is fruit. So I yes. can't be too, I can't be too hard on myself for feeding them fruit, but they also love cheese and they love crackers. Yeah. So they have toast most mornings and I'm just cringing going like, this is a lot of processed shit I'm giving them. So, Oh, I have a tip that <clears throat> might work for you uh, for toast. I don't know if they're too clever because some kids are too clever and they figure it out. But I've been putting like sprinkling chia seeds. So like I'll put peanut butter and Ooh. I sprinkle chia seeds and flax seeds, crushed flax seed, or ground flax seed um, on it. So, I mean, the bread that we get is usually multigrain, but it's adding mm-hmm. something with like good nutritional value and it definitely helps... Um, their bowel movements so that's good too so do blueberries if you were wondering oh oh yeah Yeah. no we went to the blueberry ranch to pick berries so 
That's dangerous. Cassie and I took the kids blueberry picking. Cassie yes. and I picked berries, and the kids <laughs> ate them out of the basket. The little bastards. Yep. Yeah. And they've been one sh- for one. They've been shitting like bears. Yeah. Just these massive patties of darkness. Blue. Yeah. It's disgusting. And blueberry poops are so dark. There's, I don't know why that happens. Yeah. yeah. But they got to be clean as a whistle on the inside. All that fiber. For wow. Sure. And their yeah. hearts must be just going good. Good antioxidants <laughs> in the blueberries. <laughs> yeah. So. They're feeling good. Those kids. Hey. So. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of poop. Yeah. You wanted to talk about your oh my bidet, bidet. attachment. I did tell all I the did. listener. Thank you about the bidet. <laughs> uh, it's uh, okay. So as as per what you were saying, not as per what you were saying, but uh, along the same lines, it's a game changer for sure. Um, so we invested in this because of the pandemic okay right yes because toilet paper was oddly in low supply yeah hot commodity High demand yeah yeah high demand low supply for a time uh and i'll get into that in a minute but so we had we had kind of laughed and joked about it before like oh it'd be so fancy to get a bidet you know i mean we when was the first time we all had the chance to use it was it cuba uh, the only time i've ever used and we called it a good day a good day yeah was was in cuba it yeah made give you a good day good day feeling good day oh uh, yeah <laughs> and all of you guys loved it so i feel like it was easy to decide that we wanted one i guess um but yeah so we have been buying the costco rolls of toilet paper just because like they're enormous they last a long time and we were thinking we'll be good with this little half pack of toilet paper during this pandemic and realistically like our our toilet usage didn't change too much jordan was still working outside of home uh and i was like i was still at home uh so like on that front nothing really changed but then Every time I was going to the store, if he was going to the store, we were checking to see, is there toilet paper on the shelf this week? And it was like three, four weeks in a row that we were like, uh, still no toilet paper. Like, we're we're going to run out. So anyways, we, we pulled the trigger on, on the G'day, and uh, I believe he purchased it off Amazon, and we upgraded to the hot and cold yes. option. Yeah, because some some of them only have a cold option. It's just your like regular toilet water feed that's going in there. It makes it sound gross. It's clean water. It's coming from the tank. It's yeah. Yes, it's clean. Um, but yeah, so this one you can turn the temperature warmer and colder. So when it's winter, the hot water's nice, and when it's summer, like now, the cold water's nice. <laughs> um, but honestly, it's been a game changer for so many things. Our toilet paper usage has decreased exponentially we haven't so we got half a pack of toilet paper from my in-laws and we have just gone through it like i think we're on the last roll and that was five months ago four or five months ago like that's i think that's pretty good savings that's wild yeah 
So, uh, I mean, you know how much we like our savings. Yes. This has been a huge savings. Um, I'm losing track of my thoughts. One sec. Uh, yeah. Another thing that's been like huge changer is just like how fresh you feel after. Oh, I can't imagine. Like anybody who's used a bidet, like it's, yeah, you feel so much cleaner. Like this is no offense to you guys, but when we were at your house, you just felt dirty last weekend, two weekends ago. (laughs) I was like using the bathroom and I was like, I just realized how bougie I feel right now because I don't have a bidet to use at the end of my going to the bathroom. So for you listeners out there, I I just learned two things. Number one, Uh I'm a peasant. (laughs) And number two, bougie means bad. Yeah, I guess for some people it'd be good, but I, I guess I don't want to f- seem like I'm snobby or stuck up or whatever. No, or too good. I would love a day. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was like, maybe uh, this is something we start gifting to people just so that when we go over, <laughs> we can use it too. That's a, a an awesome idea. I, I'd like to talk about gifting later, but my first memory <laughs> of yeah, what a boring segue. My, my first memory of a bidet was, and I could be mixing things up here, and it doesn't really matter, but I think I must have been about 12 years old when okay. I went with a friend to a mutual friend's house to go sliding. They had a, a house with a big property and a huge hill. So, you know, in Canada, in the winter, there's nothing to do, so you just throw yourself down a hill and see how fun it is. <laughs> and, uh, down an icy, snowy hill. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they had a bidet and I didn't use it because I didn't know what it was. And there was like, this is when like these were unbougie people because they had like, like in Cuba, separate installments. So there's the toilet and then you. No, I think that's how it's supposed to work. And then you duck walked over to the other bowl to cleanse yourself. And then there was a towel. I was like, that's a little gross, isn't it? But. You know, they explained to me that a community towel. Well, I'm I don't know how it worked for them. Again, I didn't use it. They had toilet paper there, okay. Um, okay. and I didn't trust myself to turn on a tap that's going to shoot up. <laughs> so into the wall. Yeah, but yeah. man, and then we went to Cuba that one time, and I just, which is great because you're only drinking booze and eating greasy food, so you're using yeah. the bidet all the time. You need it. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. And there's a time you need it. Yeah, I would. I would definitely have introduced a bidet earlier in my life if I knew then what I know now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Next time you guys come over, you can test drive it. I'm a little nervous, to be quite honest. I've, uh, I just, there's a few things that I find therapeutic. Um, number one, getting my hair cut. Okay. I love getting my hair cut, especially when there's a scalp massage involved. Um, Ooh. And I actually had them. They use like the oils oh, and everything. Yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like getting pampered. Um, I find that's your spa day. Oh yeah, and it's affordable. Unlike the massage I had today, which we can talk <laughs> about later. But yeah, um, yeah, I just the warm water sensation is yeah unreplaceable, and yeah. it seems wrong to talk about out loud. But why aren't we? 
Why aren't we talking more? <laughs> we can save the world one bidet at a time. We could. The Amazon so rainforest. Could not... Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We need to. Paper products. And maybe that's it. You know, every so wait, one wait, in my family this year is going to get a tushy. I love it. Yeah. Just send everybody a mm-hmm. tushy. Um, another sponsorship. Yeah. Hey, uh, tushy. Just listen just up. Sidebar. Um, we are one of the few places in the world, I'm pretty sure, that don't use a bidet. Like, that. It's not only common yeah, like yeah toilet paper is our go-to so it's us in the united states that use toilet yeah. paper everywhere else eh? that makes sense and you know what i wouldn't say everywhere else but there's you know highly populated countries out there that use bidets and like i've been to bathrooms in europe yeah. where there's no water in the bowl what, it's what? like a toilet explain it's like an airplane <laughs> toilet flap oh yes, and then yes, when yes, you flush yes. the flap drops and then the water comes down and yes, sort of rinses right. off the flap now it smells horrendous because sure. the water serves a purpose yeah but it was it, uh, uh seals the smell yeah seals in all the juices yeah, yeah makes it nice but anyway um all those nice odors yeah 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 you, you talked about gifting the bidet and i think it's awesome mm. because i learned a while ago we, you know, people get stressed out all the time about, you know, what do I get my in-laws or what do I get my brother or my sister or whatever, um, yeah. for a gift. And we, I know personally, that was the only language we spoke growing up about giving someone a gift was what do they want? And yes. someone, I think it was Tim Ferriss, uh, who has his own podcast uh, and a lot of other things. He's way more successful than we are, but, uh, he, uh, gifts his favorite books and I thought it was such a great idea to gift something to someone that you appreciate, uh, that you enjoy, because I think it makes that connection better. It's saying you are someone I value in my life and I want you to understand me better so that we mm-hmm. can be better together. Here's this book that I like or here's something that has improved my life. So, yeah, yeah. like when you talk about gifting in hopes that it would improve that person's life yeah. also, equally and, or more. And, yeah. and a lot of the stuff we give too is, you know, by the time you're our age, people just buy what they want anyway. Yeah. So, and I, I think that's where it's difficult to decide what you're going to get somebody at our age is because, you know, most of us are buying our own stuff. We can get our own things. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it becomes like more difficult to get, we'll say necessities. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, more about like what you said, gifts that connect people together and like speak to that person or, or you like I mean? if, you know, I don't you know, have a book in particular that I like, and we were doing a secret Santa and I got you, I would go get a copy of that book. Like I did it for Jordan and Jordan. I got, um, can't remember what book I got Jordan your husband but um Jordan Broom got me to watch the movie The Martian and that was oh, at your yes. place when you lived on Quebec Street yes and I was yeah, like yeah. what the hell this is just, like I don't understand the point of this movie it's terrible it's like my favorite movie is I've it? listened to the audiobook once and I've read the the print book numerous times it is no way. one of my all-time favorite stories in any medium that it comes in and yeah. so one day i i found the book at uh, value village for 
you know, real cheap. So I bought a copy and I gave it to Broom so he could read it and mm-hmm. enjoy it the way I enjoyed it. Because mm-hmm. he already, anyway, so long story short, it, it yeah, it's, it's about sharing. It's not about giving anymore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Having like those mutual shared life experiences. Yeah, for sure. And it, and especially yeah. now with this pandemic, it means more so than ever because it's so much harder uh, up until very recently yeah. to share experiences Actually, with people. Yeah. Um, at, on that topic, you had mentioned earlier um, just something that I guess you had picked up from my podcast episode, like pandemic thoughts is what I wrote down. I like how you just and plugged your own podcast. I did. Wow. Yes. Subtle. <laughs> oh. Was that was that subtle enough? No. Sorry, you just reminded me of something I'll send you guys later on the group chat. It was just this great Harry Potter. Don't meme. worry, inside inside thing. Yeah. Not not to the listener. Sorry. <laughs> Sir or ma'am. Uh, you won't be a yeah. part of this inside joke. Um Yeah, I feel like you had questions. So I know for me about that. Yeah. I just kinda wanted to know. Uh, from your point of view, you know, what was it like transitioning from everything's fine and dandy to, hey, guess what? Don't leave your house unless it's absolutely necessary. And then yeah. and then how things changed for you from there and the things that you struggled with the most. Mm. Um, that's pretty loaded because I feel like a lot of things happened. Um so like right from the get-go we had seen you guys the weekend before everything shut down yes. literally the like two days before uh it was almost overnight where people you know we'd heard of this virus but it really hadn't affected us yet yeah it, it really had like i guess there was no way of of testing or finding out if it was local and it turns out a lot of people locally well in ottawa had it um still have it but anyways and uh everybody got really serious about it so everything shut down i feel like the initial huge effect was i wasn't leaving the house to go to play group with anson um and and we were just home all all the time and i mean we have had weeks like that where you know, I don't have anything planned and we are just hanging out at home, but we might take the odd drive over to the park mm-hmm. or go pick some things up at the grocery store. I was going to say something and, simple like groceries. Yeah. And, you know, do that once a week kind of thing. Um, I feel like I was, I, I would try to have a couple activities lined up where we would either see a friend or go to play group or that sort of thing so he could have a bit of social time and I could have a little bit of social time with other adults um but yeah so initially just the being home 24 7 was like really hard and I was kind of just going through the motions and you know dealing with it day by day but you know as the weeks went on as the months went on uh it was probably about month three where we quote-unquote broke the bubble um and i'll get into that whole story but uh my mom and cheryl had to like come stay with us like while i was in hospital and that sort of thing um so we were kind of forced to at that point and 
it seemed like things were starting to open up yeah at the same time so it kind of lined up and i didn't feel so bad asking people to come be at our house um and i mean they're exposing themselves too she works like my mother-in-law works in a long-term care home so that was kind of a risk for her right because for I mean, sure hadn't had cases until then yeah. but she she doesn't know where i've been mm-hmm. and i hadn't been tested yeah and you don't know everyone um, that you've come across or and jordan was still out working uh different job sites like not so much like in the heat of it he was kind of just like working at the shop um most days but you know the odd like emergency call or whatever he was going out to that and so i was getting to a point here oh yeah we just didn't know like who was exposed to what um my mom who lives in ottawa would have been maybe more exposed to things or like had a higher chance of being exposed just because there was like a denser uh population of people testing positive not to say that there were less people here we just don't know yeah i don't think people were getting tested as much Mm -hmm. and maybe that was the case for you guys too um but yeah i feel like it was the the first couple of months became really long yeah especially because it was cold it was it was not nice weather yeah we couldn't go outside well you could go outside but the time it took to go outside and then the length of time that he wants to spend outside made it not like, worth not it. an enjoyable experience i remember like pulling him around on the sleigh in the backyard and you know after one go around the house he, all done <laughs> i'd be like okay like he's cold he wants to go inside i get it but uh it took us like half an hour to get suited up and go out like the two of us and uh yeah anyways we obviously we made it through somehow we made it through um but uh yeah do you do you feel the same way because you you kind of had a similar experience to me like you were the person who was at home but you had to work yeah that was tough for me um yeah yeah i actually brought my work computer with us that weekend we went to your place yes that's right because you had some meetings well we were we were just like we had we were slated to go that was around march break so this would have been mid-march sometime and um in april time frame we were going to go to alberta for a huge exercise and so we were doing all the prep work for that and uh we found out all this stuff was going on so um yeah it was a, a a novel experience for every single person serving in in the canadian forces currently because this has never happened before where we've been told to work from home and i've been working from home since mid-march and we've the luxury it's a long time it is and i mean it's a struggle for everyone I, we're grateful to not have school-aged children who are also being yeah, homeschooled while yeah. i have a friend who his wife is a nurse at the hospital and yeah. they've got two school-aged kids out of three and we we're peers so we're doing the same stuff and he's got to manage their education as well as their well-being, as well as the job he's doing. So mm-hmm. um, we developed... That's a lot of hats. It is, and it's stressful. Yeah. I found the yeah. thing I disliked the most was work and family competing for my time. It made me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and caused me a lot of uh, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. 
Yeah. Um, and it got better. I learned a lot about myself. I forced myself to learn how to deal with it better and be okay with the things that I can't control in terms of, you know, uh, my boss was very supportive and, and they've all been supportive for all those people out there who might not be able to attend this meeting virtually or, you know, has to take a bit longer to get this piece of work done because, you know, my wife's at work and there's no one to watch the kids right now. And, um, yeah. and that's that thing you're talking about, the bubble. My mom is our primary caregiver because she lives right around the corner. She's been a nanny since she was, you know, 18 years old and they're her grandkids. So why wouldn't she? And they came to visit one day, you know, as things slowly started opening up and, and my dad said, you know, we talked about it and we're going to start taking the kids from you every now and again, just to give you a bit of a break. So just let mm -hmm. us know when. And, and I was like, yeah, why aren't, why aren't we doing this? Like the things are opening up now. We're allowed to have more people in our yes. bubble and stuff. So, but it's almost like we got used to not being able to do anything. And then you're like, is it safe yet? Yeah. You know, like you don't, and, and maybe like subconsciously we don't want to make other people uncomfortable either. It's like, I don't want to impose on somebody else who like might not be ready. And that's where like my... And who might just be doing this like to convenience me. Yes. Almost like humoring yeah. you. And I mean, that's yeah. the way I view like this mandatory mask thing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of it, but mm -hmm. I accept that if I want to take part in being a member of you know this society or this you know whatever it is there are certain yeah. rules that i'm gonna have to follow and if if i want to go do groceries or whatever and get out of the house for a little bit and i gotta wear a mask well guess what i'm gonna wear a mask because the other option yeah. is i get to stay home because i don't want mm -hmm. to impose my opinion on other people and make them feel uncomfortable or unsafe because you know what i think about the coronavirus and what you think about and what cassie or jordan or whoever thinks about this thing don't have to be the same but they're all right because that's their opinion so if someone thinks that me walking around is going to put them at risk i don't want to make them uncomfortable what kind of a, an asshole would i be to just mm -hmm. not care about other people it's no different than one of my biggest pet peeves which is people who don't signal when they turn yeah. Just like, and, and I conflate that into something much bigger. Like, who do you think you are? This is your road and we're all just driving we're on it. We're all just driving yeah. on it. You don't have yeah. to consider other people while you're out here. And that's mm -hmm. how you know I'm getting old because people like that drive me nuts. But anyway. Um, um, no, but it's, sorry. I've just, you made me think of driving in masks and the people who wear their masks while driving. I feel like that's just. It's made me laugh so many times. And I realize most people, it's probably because they forgot they're wearing it. Probably. And I've done that too, where I've like gotten in the truck and then like gone to leave the store and I'm like, wow, it's hot in here. And then I realize like it's still on my face and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> did these people take it off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so funny. You're right. Like it doesn't matter if you think it's right or wrong or good or bad or if it's going to make a difference, but it's been mandated. So wear your mask yeah. and it's, it'll, it, it's not forever. Right. Like there was a time before masks and there will be a time after masks. I'm convinced. I don't of know it. how long yeah. that is. Yeah. And I mean, that's, uh, you know, people, we know, uh, someone who, if he ever listens to this, I hope he gets a good crack out of this, but you know, you talk about giving up liberties because your mm. government told you to. 
Um, yeah. You can view it that way. Um, yeah. I choose to view And I told this to, to Cassie. I was like, as an individual, as a sovereign person, I don't think we should have to wear masks. That's my opinion. Hmm. But if I was the person in office, it's no longer about you. It's about the people you serve and looking out for their best interests. So for I sure. do not yeah. judge them at all for recommending and mandating that we were masked in public because, mm-hmm. you know, it, some people are gross. Like, I'm just going to say it. I feel like some people are so yucky. So if they've got the coronavirus, you know what, then they better be wearing their mask and I will wear mine. I never so even I get their yuckiness. I never even thought of that. And we talked about this earlier uh, where I have a hard time yeah. projecting my thoughts from another person's perspective. But uh, okay, okay, okay. so in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm not concerned about the coronavirus. So why are other people concerned? Mm-hmm. And then I, you just blew my mind open because <laughs> some people are truly disgusting people and they put themselves at risk for it. Sorry to those people. Sorry, not sorry. But Trust me, you know dear I mean? listener, you're not they that don't person. Know who they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they probably don't realize that they are being that way anyways, but um you made me think, of, oh, I was listening to this person on TikTok and she was going on about like, oh, my friend Becky was saying that masks are taking away my freedom and my liberties and, the, you know, that whole thing. Uh, the government's telling us what to do. The government's controlling us. And she's like, Becky, they gave you a number at birth. The government's been controlling you since you were born. That's so true. So if you're upset about it now, it's a little too late. I know a lot of people on social media who are capitalizing big time on making that hard line in the sand like, you know, fuck you, you want my liberties, come and take them, and they're showing pictures with guns and stuff. I'm like, it's great that you have a platform Mm -hmm. that supports that. And even if we built this platform, no. When our platform is big enough where we could (laughs) talk that way, I don't think that would, you know, we Canada and the United States are very different. Um, But I just think as a person who's trying to make it on this planet with everyone else, who am I? Mm -hmm. I'm going to show that I'm different by building something and producing and contributing instead of just taking away by saying, you know, my opinion is more important than yours. I'm not wearing a mask or I'm, I'm not concerned about my health. Why should I be concerned about your health? And the mask is not the issue. And I want to make that very clear. I don't care about the mask at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I care about being someone who can get along with other people in the world yep. and say, hey, you, know you want to talk about it? Let's have a conversation. Either six meters mm-hmm. apart or wear your mask. What is it? Um, that dang song. When we <coughs> see each other. What? Oh. Do you know that song I'm talking about? The country singer. Um, when we can get together again six feet apart or something like that i didn't hear that one i thought you were going to do that really terrible song at the end of that uh fast and furious movie after what's his face died you remember that i don't remember the song and i'll see you again something like that if you guys just record that snippet and put it in the series she'll (laughs) she'll know what it is yeah she'll know right away yeah Yeah, for sure for sure they could definitely Did you have anything else to add to pandemic thoughts? Uh, not really. I'm uh, For me, it was um, a blessing in disguise. There were very tough days for me. I mm-hmm. have been the most impatient I've ever been with my kids. I've been... Right? I feel that way too. Yeah. And like 
And I only have one. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. The it's it's to me, it's all the same. You know, one kid, two yeah. kid, because they're going to be certain ages. So William and Olivia play with each other a lot. So, I mean, they can keep each other occupied. So I do this thing called unsupervised playtime, where. Mm -hmm. I often That's supposed to be really important for them. I did not it know that. Them develop their independence. I feel a lot better now. Their ability to uh, think, critical think, without you. And I don't know if that happens at their age, mind you. But I'm I I've heard that it's like really valuable for them to. That's I mean. Do things without their parents around. For sure, and gets them to yeah. realize you know we we teach them rules. Cassie has heard. William in bed saying things that I told him earlier in the day. Just right. like he Parroting. often says, you know, I want apple juice now. I say, you don't say now, William. You say please. So he was yeah. in bed talking. He goes, I want strawberries now. No, you don't say now. You say please. I want strawberries, please. <laughs> so, but I've, but I yeah. would have spent. And that's another thing is their uh, like babbling time before bed is critical for that part of the develop i don't know the technical term but um like the development of their brain okay vocabulary and like retention and that sort of thing like when they babble before they fall asleep or when they wake up and they bop, 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 bop. like that's that's really important that's good to know because yeah. william does it every day <laughs> yeah we'll put him down at seven and it's usually after eight before he falls asleep Oh, yeah. So he's like really, he's uploading a lot of information. He consumes a lot of information. He provides a lot of yeah. information too. <laughs> Information's a strong yes. word. He puts a lot of stuff out there, but, um, yeah. you know, we were going to go to Alberta for two months for an exercise and that was canceled, of course. And, uh, yeah. we're looking at a deployment in January. And so I was able to stay at home with my family and support Cassie who works in a long-term care home and yes. she yeah. never didn't go to work. So it was nice mm -hmm. to be on the other end. And I, I certainly have a much better appreciation um, for those people who do stay at home with their kids because it's it's easy to be sympathetic when you're not living that life or you don't have that experience. So I could say yeah. to Cassie, oh, you know, I'm really grateful that you are home with the kids when you're not working and you're taking care of them, you're doing this, that, and the other thing. Um, but to now be able to come from an empathetic standpoint, I know exactly yeah. How you are feeling when Anson's having a rough day or you're having yeah. a rough day. Like I have lived that now and <laughs> I will be so grateful to stop living that. So the, these pants. You know that stay at home life. It's I honestly I used to joke all the time. Uh, I don't know who did that. Was it? Um, it wasn't Rascal Flats. Who sings Mr. Mom? Oh, I can't remember his name. Not diamond, not diamond real. Anyway, it was the song about the guy who, yeah. who's gonna be Mr. Mom and stay at home. And I honestly, it's gonna be so easy, yeah, and it's chaos. It's chaos. Yeah. It's absolute chaos. And yeah, really, I, I really, what I focused on, and I've gotten better at it, is just being present with my kids, whatever's going on. So mm -hmm. if I can't be at work on my computer doing stuff, because there's a lot of competing demands. Um, yeah. Then I'm with my kids and I'm just watching them and taking it all in and appreciating it and knowing that, you know, I'll never see them like this again. Like today, mm -hmm. we Cassie and I noticed that William's talking just a bit differently. It's a little bit more refined. It's a little bit okay. more finished. And uh, I was in the bathroom, not using my bidet, 
and <laughs> I came out. Shame. That's a shame. <laughs> I, I came out and, uh, you know, when you go in our, it's essentially a, you know, a dividing hallway and the entrance into the living room's in the middle and I turned right to go into the living room and mm-hmm. there's a cup on the floor with water and some paper towel. And William's like, there was a mess, but I cleaned it up. And he did a, a very terrible job cleaning it up. But he dragged his big brown <laughs> lazy boy chair into the kitchen so he could stand up to the counter and pull off some paper towel and go clean it up. And I was oh like gosh. blown away. Like that's the... A for effort. I gave him like the greatest yeah. praise I could because I was so proud of him for whoever made the mess. I don't know who... It doesn't matter. But... Yeah. Um, it wasn't done on purpose. No. And he was yeah. so... I don't know if he was happy to show me that he cleaned up the mess or he was trying to not get in trouble. Um, right. But man. It wasn't me. I was, because uh, I could have come around the corner and there would have been water and he'd be like, oh, there's a mess. But he went out of his way and he yeah. he found a solution to get to the paper towel and he yeah. took a bunch down and he did his best to clean it up. And I was just, I was floored. And honestly, I was really happy. And, and it set the tone for the rest of my afternoon with them. I interesting when when cassie came home from work i was in the middle of cooking supper for us and i was just you know marveling to myself at how much i enjoyed spending time with the kids today especially Mm -hmm. in the afternoon they were you know they had a bath and stuff and they were just in great moods and you know isn't it interesting how some days are like almost euphoric like that you're like wow we're learning so or even moments of the day throughout the day You'll have these moments or days where everything is super awesome and they're doing things that like you recognize that you've been trying to show them or like they're finally getting it. I remember when Anson started doing puzzles, how like he couldn't hold the piece yeah. properly or he couldn't match the shapes properly and that sort of thing. But now he does them in like a, a minute, yeah. you know, he's like, up, 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 done the puzzle next you know um and then other days it's like tantrums and screaming Anson's going through this phase where he just like screams for attention Mm -hmm. not like non-stop screaming but little bursts of shrieking and then like a scream here and there it's one terrifying yeah because you think something happened yeah every once in a while I'm like it's loud enough that I'm like oh jeez what's wrong But then, too, how do you deal with that? Because there's no winning. Because I say no. We don't yell in the house. Because when we go outside, I'm like, you can yell. I tell him this when we go outside. You can yell when we're outside. Uh, And I encourage it because I'm like, get it out. (laughs) So when we go back in, you could be quiet, even though that's not happening. Um, So if I say no, I'm giving him attention. And then if I don't do anything, it's setting up this unwritten rule or unspoken rule that he's allowed to scream in the house because nobody's telling him he Mm can't so i'm like how do you deal with this anyways that was like a long tangent to say some days are good and some days are bad (laughs) and i i know personally for me a lot of my bad days are self-induced i i i I can think of a few specific examples where i just let myself succumb to those emotions that i was feeling and quite often it was it was anger when they weren't cooperating like yeah. yeah, and then just like get really mad at the kids and it's not their fault. They're communicating mm-hmm. the way they know how they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is learn the rules, break the rules, 
push the limits. Yeah. And and that's why like William getting the paper towel is such a big thing because you know, he, there's been messes before and I say, Hey William, can you go get that Kleenex and clean that up for me? And he would do it. So now mm-hmm. he's made the connection that that's how you clean up a mess and he's done it. He's taken action, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Especially in this yeah, world of start to finish. Yeah. It's just it, it, it's especially in this world where people just want to be victims. I just saw the... F- Maybe aren't accountable. Yeah, and to- I, I just saw the first glimpse of my son who's not going to be one of those people. Yeah. He's going to be someone who helps and contributes and fixes things instead of, you know, adds to the problem. But yeah, that's a bit of a tangent. Like places blame on other people and maybe, you know, chooses to be victimized. Not victimized. That's not the right word. Yeah, it chooses to like be play victim to to the scenario, yeah. Or and, and to be quite honest, when I'm having those bad days, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm letting myself play mm-hmm. victim to it. I'm like, I should. I'm 31 years old. Just buck up, pal, and recognize that mm-hmm. some days aren't great, and it's how you choose to react to them that matters. Sometimes I have this realization. I'm like, oh, this is a bad day. Okay, and I feel like that kind of helps change my mindset a little bit into like maybe a mode of acceptance or something like that where i'm just like okay like if if bad shit's gonna happen today bring it on you know like it kind of changes your expectations too yeah because yes i know personally like i i approach most days with an idea of how it's going to go down and then little things happen and if you don't make that if you don't pivot if you don't choose Mm. to approach it from a different angle then it's going mm-hmm. to alter things. So I think you're absolutely right. Oh, it's a bad day. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to recognize this. Now I can, you know, I'm not going to do that later. I'm not going to try and do this for supper. We're going to do this and this. We're going to keep it nice and yeah. simple, and we're going to get through this, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> Yeah, something you just said, like looking at it from a different angle. I was watching Anson try to do something today, and I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but he kept doing the same action repeating the same action over and over and over and i just watched him to see what he would do and then he tried it differently and it worked right away and then he was like ah you know like you could see in his face that he was like oh that's how it works got it yeah yeah and so then he did it like that afterwards because he's like this weird i'm uh i'm reading this book called uh it's taken me a while because it's quite um, I won't say dense, but it's one of those ones that you want to pay attention to where you want to make mm-hmm. sure you, I feel like everything's valuable and I don't want to miss things. It's called Limitless by Jim Quick. And mm-hmm. he's basically a brain specialist, but he was making mention in the book about how how much you've already, even if you've done nothing and you've kind of gotten to where you are in life by doing what you're supposed to, going to school, getting a job and whatever, like the the checking all the boxes. Yeah, by virtue yeah. of the fact that you've made it that far, you've accomplished so much already. And one of the yeah. things he he mentioned was learning to walk. Mm. Like it's just th- one of the most complicated tasks you can do. Yes. And now we take it for granted, but you watch your kid learn to walk, and you're so proud because you watch them struggle and you watch them try to figure it out, and it's just really yeah. interesting stuff. And it kind of I like watching our children learn how to be functioning human beings which is not easy because kids come out and they are absolutely useless there is nothing that they contribute other than hormonal imbalances yeah and we 
there's somebody I have in mind as a guest to talk more about this, but um, babies are actually born three months before they should be. It's it's the only reason they're born then is because we would die if they grew any bigger and were born three months later. Yeah, it's because we're bipedal. So yeah. your hips can't get nearly wide enough to support a better developed human. Yeah. Would... Whereas you look at like other mammals, like a horse or a cow or something like that, and they come out and they walk the that same day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they f- That's like their first task. Yeah. You know what else they do? They feed themselves. Yeah. Man, our kids yeah. have it so good. They don't even understand. <laughs> but then you think of a baby at three months and like, they're kind of they're able to like move well i guess like a newborn can like wriggle their way up but um like proper movements i would definitely they can't do that but um like william's three and he yeah. still runs into shit oh i mean i still run into shit, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah that's fair bad bad example yeah no but uh maybe not as often as william does yeah i'd hope so yeah, it depends on how much you've had to drink that day, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This weekend. Yeah, we'll I'm looking forward to it. Hey, should we tell uh, our listener what we're doing this weekend? Uh, are you leaving it top secret? We talked about leaving it top secret. Oh, yeah, we are not for, doing anything this weekend. For Yeah, yeah. Cause we're just taking a staycation. Well, we were planning on doing another podcast episode this weekend, but... It's true. Our our lives are leading us in happen. separate directions, mm-hmm. so we can't do that. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This isn't gonna really segue well at all. Um. But you had mentioned earlier your first experience with a bidet and how you couldn't quite remember. Mm. You weren't sure of the details and that sort of thing. It's so funny because I was talking to Jordan at dinner. And I asked him a question. I said, did you say, because we pitched our tent because we're going to air his out and uh, vacuum it and stuff so that it's properly put away. So I pitched the tent a couple days ago and I asked him, are you going to put the tent away or did I dream that? (laughs) And he's like, no, I said I was going to put it away. Like I was going to go put everything in the garage away. And I was like, I honestly thought I, sh- I I dreamt that because I've been having these vivid dreams that I wake up and I can't tell the difference wow. if it's like real if it happened or if it didn't it takes me a couple minutes to like you know Pentium processor <laughs> figure out like oh okay that was a dream like I woke up this morning I was like what day is it felt like I got hit by a freight train <sighs> which that being said I've been sleeping really well so like when I wake up it's like I come back to life, <laughs> so I think that's good. But uh, yeah, lots of crazy dreams. Anyways, it just made me think of that. You're like, did I remember this properly? Yeah. The uh, I'll have more of those to share. There's so much going on in your life, so many conversations and so many right. activities and scheduling, and even during the pandemic. I mean, could yeah. you imagine if you were working full time and trying to make, like it? Just I do this the same. Like I. The last two months, I'd say, I've been having conversations with people, and then an hour later, I get a text from someone I'm working with. Hey, did you uh, did you leave? 
like, oh, frig, what, what did we talk about? I totally forgot what the plan was. <laughs> Sorry, I will. Yeah. And yeah, it's not really acceptable, but it's understandable. There's a lot of, yeah. lot going on these days. And it's just, mm-hmm. I was talking to Cassie today. I was like, thinking about, we take ourselves for granted in our relationship, mm-hmm. not in a bad way. We're just very, um, we know you guys are like symbiotic. Yeah. We, we get each other very well. Yeah. And, um, but we also like, she works, she's so good at what she does and she works so hard and extra shifts come up and she'll take them. And I of course don't want that cause it means it's more parenting at home alone. But, uh, You're like how long's this one? <laughs> but I understand the value she brings and in, in how necessary her job is. So, you know, I, yeah. I might not like it all the time, but I, I, wouldn't have it any other way mm-hmm. and i'm going to be going back to work back to work now and um oh yes after after the long weekend yeah or? yeah i was just confirmed there's yeah. a, a a certain number of people that are required to go back mostly full-time now so and so the kids are going to be going uh to to mom's daycare. for for daycare mm-hmm. cassie's going to be working um i'm going to be working i've now got two, you know essentially two side projects so we'll be doing these podcasts and I'm working with uh, my friend Dave at Nectar to help him write his book, Unraveling yeah. Madness, which is coming out. And um, Nice plug. Thanks. Yeah. Dave, you're welcome. And I And uh, I was like, should we schedule a date night? And Cassie doesn't like scheduling that kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't like it either. She wants it to be a little bit more uh, like organic i guess and i i think she doesn't like the idea of scheduling from uh we have to do it this day kind of thing and i was like we take ourselves for granted so if we didn't ever think about you know going on a date we wouldn't go on a date it wouldn't be like oh man we haven't it would just every now and again we'd go oh we haven't we haven't gone out for dinner or drinks in a while we should do that which works but i was like you know when we come home and we're done with the day we'll have supper like i said she works evening so most days she's not done till 7 or seven thirty. so we mm-hmm. and i insist that we eat together which is always nice and yeah. we'll watch tv and go read in bed and then fall asleep so it's not a whole lot of catching up time and mm-hmm. we can definitely change that but i just floated the idea and she not too interested but i was just thinking about you know we were talking about the conversations we're having and remembering the details and the facts and what was actually said and stuff. And it's just so hard some days to stop and just do one thing and mm-hmm. be in that moment for that one thing. I've, yeah. I've implemented fully. Yeah. yeah. And it's even like I got a, a double edged safety razor for Christmas one year okay. and it's a lot slower to shave that way. And I was like, I'm going to do one thing every day that takes time so that I can just mm. kind of make the time for something. And yes. turns out that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was an honorable intention, Yeah. but it didn't happen all the time. I still yeah. have an electric razor for when I go to the field. And so some days and I'm rushed for convenience. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't really honor that process, but yeah, it's just, or what I would do is, you know, I'd bring in my phone and watch Netflix while I'm shaving, which is totally disregarding why <laughs> I decided to do it this way in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. just turn things off, be in the moment, and think about just shaving. Who cares 
yeah. why you're thinking about shaving. You just work on thinking about one thing. And it's So you think that's like your meditation in a way? <clears throat> no, I'm terrible at it. I'm really good at guided meditation. Um, yeah. I've got uh, I've tried Headspace before. Um, I think his name's Daniel Puttycomb. Okay. And I really liked his. Um, I've gotten on to, I think it's called Calm. And yes. Is it yeah. is that Dan Harris? I'm not. I'd sure. have to look it up. Anyway, his was good too, and I thought they both had great approaches to. On. They take the intimidation away from meditation. Um, okay. Everyone thinks it's a very disciplined thing and you have to be very good at it. And But they're like, you know, your mind is going to wander. Just let it. I thought it was like fluid. Yeah. yeah, let it wander. Make note of it. And then come back to thinking about what you're doing, which is breathing or whatever they have you do. Mm-hmm. I'm just really bad at making the time. So after yeah. this long weekend, I'll have a new daily routine. I thrive under rules. Yeah. So I will start to follow my rules. And being physically back to work is going to be significant too because then you're kind of like forced to like get dressed and get out of the house and all those things that like you might not be for. Well, I don't want to say forcing yourself, but you just don't have to do mm-hmm. right now. And so it's kind of like I can hang out in my comfy sweats or whatever um and so it will kind of like force you to get out of you know out of your head out of your like same physical sort of space you know what i mean and i need those separate spaces yeah so i mean if if i had one day and i have my own company and i'm doing my own thing i can't do it from home Mm -hmm. i could do it on my property in a different space but i can't hear the kids i can't hear cassie i can't hear the screaming and the stomping or the the laughter because no matter what i feel like i'm dividing my efforts now so if i'm at home i feel like i should be helping with the kids if they're screaming i want to go figure out why and see if i can help cassie and if they're having do you know what they the the a lot of people call that it better not be fomo no okay good (laughs) mom guilt oh what you're feeling is mom guilt yeah i definitely get that because yeah or even in the good things like you don't want to your kids are laughing you want to go see why they're laughing and share that moment and it's just hard like i need to be i need to be physically removed from the situations so that i can focus on what i'm trying to focus on otherwise i'll sit up there and hang out with them all day Mm -hmm. which is not bad but it doesn't allow me to do the things i need to do to allow us to have a home and food and all that stuff yeah be be a productive self well my friend yeah i think so that was great holy moly wrap it up oh shit yeah we thought we were gonna have nothing to talk about Uh, are, are you stopping um well should we say something i suppose uh yeah thank you for tuning in to our episode this week it uh ran a little longer than i think both of us expected we didn't think we'd have much to say but uh look at us (laughs) uh did you want to add anything yeah super grateful and uh you cannot wait to expand on what we've started here and uh, honestly it feels good to have done this it feels good to talk to someone else 
Um, yeah. I was doing some practice runs just staring at my computer earlier and it was just weird. But having a conversation with another person is, to me, uh, it's also therapeutic. So thank you for taking the time out of sure. your day to uh, allow us to do this. Oh, that's so nice. Love it. Yeah. No, thank you. I will also thank, did I say, I already said thank you. See, I'm repeating yeah, myself. It's just that mom brain ears. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff. <laughs> Hey, you stay home long enough, you'll get it too. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right. Until next time, everyone, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. Take care.